Welcome back. This is the Harris Happening on the Mighty 790 KFGO and KFGO.com. And we're going to talk about a brand new book that has just been released, or I guess it's uh, releasing next week. It's called The Fargo Fire of 1893, a name which uh, a lot of you folks may be familiar with. Danielle Teigen is joining us right now, and she is with uh, The Forum. And uh, this is another book that she's put out, and it's it, it's fabulous piece of history for the Fargo-Moorhead area. you got to take a look at it. And uh, Danielle, thanks for joining us here tonight on KFGO, or I should say today on KFGO. Well, thank you, Bob, for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to talk a little bit about the book. So first first of all, I want to make sure I got the correct title. What's your position now with the forum over there? So I was the deputy editor, but I've actually since transitioned to a different part-time role, and I'm managing all of the content for our On the Minds of Moms magazine and digital brand on Inform.com. Ah, all right. Very cool. Very cool. So you must obviously love Fargo history because this is kind of the second book you've done on Fargo, right? It is. This is the second nonfiction history book I have written about Fargo. And you're right. I I really do love Fargo's history. And the funny thing is, is, you know, you think if you've written two books, you've probably told all the history or you found all the history. And that is just not the case. The The history of the Fargo-Moorhead area is just so rich and so replete with great stories and facts and things that honestly, every time I dive into some kind of topic, I learn something new about some facet of Fargo-Moorhead's history. Well, you know, when I started reading your book here, there was a couple of things I found out immediately. And, uh, you know, we're talking about the big fire of 1893, but uh, there was the uh, point where uh, there were a couple of other fires before that that were major, not as bad as 93, but were major as well. So we've had our early history went through a number of fires, didn't it? Right. That's correct. And that was something, too, that I hadn't really thought about what was happening prior to the big fire. You know, we always hear that's the main kind of fire event in the history. But, you know, 1874 was kind of one of the first major fires that happened in Fargo. It was just a few years after the railroad had crossed the river and there was a small town there and it wasn't even the city wasn't even officially incorporated yet. But they had built this beautiful headquarters hotel and it went up in flames. I mean, that must have been devastating to, you know, the few hundreds of people who were living in Fargo at the time. Um, There were a couple of other fires in the 1800s that also did some pretty significant damage to a couple of different blocks of the new, very, you know, up and coming city. And um, those were kind of, those were sort of the first steps that the city itself took to say, hey, we might need a little bit of protection against fires because we think this could happen again. And obviously it did happen. They just probably didn't know to what extent the fire of 1893 would, you know, demolish the the downtown, the heart of the city. And it was obvious that uh, one of the reasons you everybody makes note of is the fact that uh, all that wood, we must have the driest wood in the world <laughs> during those <laughs> fires. You know what I mean? Right. And, you know, you you do always hear about the wood because all of the buildings, I mean, most of the buildings, I shouldn't say all, but most of the buildings at the time are built of wood. But I also thought it was really important to find out what the weather conditions were like. You always you always heard that it was really windy that day and you hear that there was, you know, a fireman out sprinkling the streets with water because it was so dusty. So I actually talked to John Wheeler over at WDAY. He went through some of the historical weather data I, that I was able to get a hold of and kind of broke it down for me. And he explained that there had really been no precipitation in Fargo from April until that day in June. And so he said, you know, you think about how, how dry everything was in that city. If there's no precip, it hadn't rained. I mean, if it had rained, it was trace amounts. He said, you know, everything was just bone dry and it was just 
waiting, you know, to go up in flames. The the roads were dry, the buildings were dry, everything was just it was completely dry and ready to just go if there was a fire, which is what happened. Another thing that kind of amazed me too was that uh our our current fire station downtown on uh, uh Roberts and uh what yep. is it, NP? It's NP, pretty much yep. been there. It's pretty much been there the entire time, hasn't it? Right? Isn't that crazy? I also did not know that. Um but yeah, when the city first started putting together some plans for some firefighting equipment and putting together a, the first fire hall that they wanted, uh, yeah, they decided this parcel of land on the corner of Roberts and NP um, in 1881, that's where they built, uh, it was called the Central Fire Station, and they actually had, it was a building, um, it was a two-story building, and it had a bell tower with a big bell, and that's how they helped alert people when there was a fire, is that they rang that fire bell and unfortunately, that whole building went up um, in flames and was completely destroyed in the fire of 1893. But obviously, they rebuilt it, and it's, there's been a fire station, there's been a fire hall ever since. So if you're walking downtown Fargo today and you stop in front of where the Fargo Fire Department currently is, you're looking at the same location where <laughs> there's been a fire station since 1881. By the way, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And by the way, that bell tower... That was one that I'm looking at the picture right now. That was one of the coolest designs I think I've seen of, you know, of a lot of those older buildings. That was really a neat design. Right. It was. And actually, that was one of the, you know, one of the great finds, I think, when you're thinking about a historical book, you know, you want to see pictures, you want to see images. Uh, And when I came across that, that photo, particularly, that was actually in Palmer Fornes's history of the Fargo Fire Department. And I just thought, oh my goodness, this is such a great find to see what that very first central fire station looked like. And I think, yeah, I think it's just a great image for people to understand what that that fire station looked like in 1881. So do we know what happened in 1893, how this fire got started? So there are two, really kind of two generally accepted. It's either one or the other stories, but it all stems back to, it's all at the same location, 512 Front Street at the time, uh, there was a dry goods store, Herzman's Dry Goods Store, and the two different accepted theories or stories that went around were that Lily Herzman, who was working in the store at the time, that she had thrown some ashes out behind in the alley that ran behind that store and all the other stores, that she'd thrown some ashes out um, in the alley and they caught fire on the building. They, you know, there was was a 30 mile an hour wind that day. And so that wind carried those embers and it ignited everything. There's that story, or there's another story that Rosa Herzman, who was her mother, was burning some cardboard, again, in the back of the store. That story is that she was actually in the store, but that because it was dry, it was windy, she was close to an open door, that the flames basically just kind of caught fire and then ignited everything, you know, at the back of the store, and then it just started traveling from throughout the block. So it's generally one or one of those stories, you know, but it all stems to the same location, the 512 Front Street at Herzman's Dry Goods Store. That's where the fire started, in the back, in the alley of the store. So Front Street, obviously that's Maine right now, right? Yep, all right. correct. Yep, that changed late. You know, uh, it was Front Street for a long, long time, but then now it's Maine Avenue. Well, Front Street Taproom. <laughs> right? Yep, exactly. That's a great name for that. But uh, but no cow was mentioned in this, so uh, that's that's that we'll leave that to Chicago. So, Right, exactly. We can't claim that. <laughs> if you just joined us, uh, D- uh, Danielle Tigan is joining us, and her new book is called The Fargo Fire of 1893. We're going to tell you how you can order it and find it in the very near future here in just a couple of moments. I imagine, 
most of the photography, or, well, there's a lot of photography here, but I mentioned uh, the place where you work over at the Forum. You must have got a lot of help uh, going through their archives, huh? Right, yes. The archives at the Forum are just incredible. I mean, that's it's honestly my favorite place in that entire building is sitting in the archives and just going through old stuff. But, yes, they had great, actual great files regarding the fire. Um, the only the only sad thing was is that we had a beautiful anniversary edition, but someone years ago folded it up. So it's from 1894, from a year after the fire. We had a beautiful anniversary edition, and it was folded up and stuck in an envelope. So it's deteriorating completely, but... O.E. Flayton. Um, all of the photos that we have are really great. Um, he took many of the photos because he was a pioneer photographer out of Moorhead. So when the fire happened, he grabbed his camera and ran over to Fargo and started documenting the fire. So, um, you know, the NDSU archives have great photos of his. The forum have they have great photos. The Clay County Historical Society has all of his original photos and his plates and things that he used. So there are great photos in the book, but I will tell you, I think I only used a fraction of his photos from that day because there were just so many of all of the ruins and all of these buildings that were just basically left in smoldering rubble. And by the way, didn't the Forum lose their building in that fire too? Yes, they did. Yep, the Forum, uh, they lost the building. It went up in flames as well, and they ended up publishing the newspaper um, at a different building at the Republican for a few months while they restored the building and and got a new place to, to start printing out of. So, yep, the forum lost the building for a while, but, um, and they're, and they're in the current building. They, the, they built the building they're in now in 1926. So they were in a different location in 1893. Um, so not the one we currently know, but yes, they, they were one of several newspapers. Um, the Republican didn't lose its building at that time though. So we've talked about how it began, where it began, or the possibilities of how it began. But, uh, Danielle, tell me about how big was this fire? Can people who are just in town right now or haven't been living here maybe that long, give us a word picture of how big this fire was. Sure. So it started on Front Street. It destroyed those first couple of blocks, and then it went. It actually jumped across the street on Front Street. There were a couple of warehouses right there, huge uh, egg implement warehouses and things like that, storage warehouses. Those went up in flames, and then it ran north up Broadway on both sides. It kept jumping streets, and it took out, at, at when all was said and done, after several hours, it took out 30 city blocks. And at the time, Fargo was not the city we know today, obviously, it was only six, there were only 6,000 people living there. Um, it wasn't as widespread as we think of, you know, at the time in 1893, the western edge of Fargo was really probably no further than, you know, 7th or 8th Street, what we know off of Front Street. And so you think about 30 city blocks being taken out by a fire. It took out 210 businesses, 140 residences. And I thought that was one of the more interesting things that I learned because I thought, well, 140 residences, where did, where were all those houses, you know, that they were going up in flames? I don't understand that. But as I started looking at addresses of people who were working at those businesses that were lost, they lived in the same building that they worked out of. So if you're a lawyer, you're a doctor, you know, yeah, you're living, you're working on the first floor of a two-story wood building and you're living in the second floor. So all of these people <laughs> lost their business and then also lost their home. So there were 2,000 people homeless at the end of that night. They didn't have a place to go to because it had been burned up in the flames. So it was crazy to think about that and how it affected people that way too. But um, all told too, there was, there was three million dollars worth of damages and that's 1893. I mean, $3 million is still a significant amount of money, but in 1893, that must have felt just 
catastrophic to the people of Fargo to have that to have that much loss happen in just a, you know the course of a few hours. But um, thankfully, they did actually end up with over a million dollars in insurance money flooding into the community, and so that was how they were actually able to rebuild many of those businesses that were lost to the flames that day. There was one other section too that was really, really neat. We don't have a whole lot of more, a lot of time left here. But can you yep. can you explain to the folks real quick who the Herzman family was? So the Herzman family, they came from Austria originally. They came over to New York. That's where um, Rosa and Elkin Herzman met and married and started their family. He was actually Elkin Herzman was a rabbi, but suddenly, about ten years into his journey as a rabbi, he decided to get into the dry goods business, and that's how he ended up in Fargo, North Dakota, after. He'd been in Council Bluff, Iowa, where his wife was running the store. And when they, by the time they got to Fargo, Rosa herself was the main business owner. He was still listed as the owner and the manager, but she was pretty much operating it day to day with the rest of their family. Um, and it was really interesting, too, to find out that um, they had lots of kids. They had lots of kids working. And then I tried to follow back what happened with all of their kids. And then when they left Fargo, too, because I thought, um, it was interesting to note how many different lawsuits they ended up involved in. I thought maybe they, you know, got run out of town, but they actually, they stayed around Fargo for, um, you know, six, seven years after the fire of 1893. They weren't, they weren't scared off by lawsuits or anything. They <laughs> rebuilt their store, their store, and they ended up, they, the Elkin and Rosa ended up back in New York, and that's where they ended up. They passed away, and then they're buried in New York. Wow. And the family kind of got scattered across the country. But, yeah, that was one of my favorite chapters to write as well. This book must have been a lot of fun for you. It's a great read, folks, if you get some history here from uh, Fargo. And it is once again, it's called The Fargo Fire of 1893. Now, it officially comes out next week, but you are taking pre-orders right now, right? Yep, people can pre-order on ArcadiaPublishing.com. There's, if you just search North Dakota by state, you can click on the book and pre-order it. Um, but I do know that Zambro's Variety Downtown is also going to be selling it. I believe they got their books this week, and so I think that Greg and the folks over at Zambro's are going to be putting those out on shelves pretty soon. Um, and then we're looking at a couple of different retailers, too, who might be selling it um, locally as well. It's, it's, it's better than, a, well, it's a, almost a century and a quarter old, maybe a little bit better. It's a great, great story and some fantastic photographs, great writing from Danielle Teigen, uh, author of The Fargo Fire of 1893. Anything else coming up in the near future? Now that you got this one uh, out of the way, uh, you know, usually there's another one in the back of your mind. Oh, there's always other ideas churning in the back of my mind, but I'm worrying about this one. I just want people to get this book and, and start enjoying it right now. So we'll have to wait and see and see if any of those ideas come to fruition later. By the way, that's a great cover. I don't know who put the redness in there, but that's a great cover on the book too, by the way. I agree. I was very tickled with the cover design. Danielle Teigen, uh, thank you so much for joining us here on the Harris Happening with the Mighty 790 KFGO. Good to talk to you again. All right. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate the time.